Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Yeah, you might want to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode that Will Smith is not actually yeah. okay. in this episode. You yeah, you should. Oh, here, I can record that right now. Okay. Hey, it's me, Will Smith. You might hear no, me. No, 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 a... you should say that it's you. Oh, but if we have Will Smith doing the intro, too, that way it's like a double bluff. And now people are wondering, was he in it? Oh. Oh, I get where you go. Okay. All right. I'm driving up that. I'm driving up those numbers. People are going to be like, hey, Will Smith is on this episode. You made us watch. Why'd you make us watch this? You made us watch something we didn't like. Next time we'll watch something we like. But we can't believe you made us watch. Hi, I'm Allison Bobbitt. And I'm Mike, and we are here with our very good friends from the Dead Waves podcast. Yay! Amanda Walzine and Ryan Fused. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for doing this. Quick little backstory of how we know each other. (laughs) Good things can come from Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally. Yeah, Yeah, because I met your third chair, Alex Piccolo, Mm -hmm. via Reddit, and we found out in one of those really small world things that we all do improvised comedy podcasts and now they share a universe. Dead Waves is so cool. The way I would describe it is it's sort of like being human meets WKRP in Cincinnati. Yes. That's actually all a right. spot on description. I can start using that if, uh, if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. I thought of that earlier today. I was like, how am I going to introduce you guys? That is excellent. <laughs> I He's love that. Do you guys want to uh, explain the podcast to our listeners? I don't know if I can do it better than being human meets a... <laughs> <laughs> well, you play Jack a ghost. Yeah, so... Uh... Actually, I mean, it's your podcast. I think you would do a better job of setting up the premise. Sure. So um, the way I like to kind of start it off is, you know. Being uh, human meets WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, always. Always. But when that fails to fully describe it, obviously, um, I say, you know, what would happen if a psychic, a ghost and a demon ran a radio station and gave advice to callers? Yes. I mean, that's basically just what dead waves is mm-hmm. it's like being human meets fraser oh ooh. <laughs> for, okay you know a reference for people <laughs> under for 55 for i think the way that we used to describe it in terms of podcasts was it was like a, my brother my brother and me meets welcome to night vale yes yes, yes. yeah that's mm-hmm. more accurate and you're bam bam. combining yes. two uh podcasts so Thank you for laughing politely at my description, which is just falling apart. Okay. (laughs) It is a a great podcast. I love it a lot. You guys do live shows, too. We do. Planet Ant is reopened Mm -hmm. or reopening. I know Independent is reopening probably as this episode drops. And we've been on 
your podcast, the Truthcast yes. Boys, and you guys have been on our podcast. And what I really, there are so many things I love about you guys, but one of the things I love about you the most is that you are so game for any stupid idea that I say, hey, you guys want to give this a shot? And you're like, yeah, okay. So like the last time you guys were on was my Rocky Horror Picture Show homage where you guys played reoccurring char- well, characters that Amanda, you came up with, mm-hmm. uh, Big Jimmy, and then like on the spot, Ryan came up with Lorraine, <laughs> who is just there in a pawn shop, yeah. and then mm-hmm. decided to do like a riffraff magenta thing from Rocky Horror and do a musical episode. I listened to that one. That was spot on. It was pretty oh, great. I, I was I, psyched that you guys did a musical, <laughs> essentially no a joke. musical episode. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could redo it it and have you do your song first, Ryan, because I feel like you were like, okay, I'm going to go balls out and just... I had to commit. I mean, that's just Ryan, balls out all the time. (laughs) And I've noticed that, which I hope you realize that's why we put Benji down in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) He's not in the basement. (laughs) Sounds so sad. (laughs) We locked him down there with the cat litter and... Oh, it's fine then. Yeah. Oh, so he has something to eat. That's good. He does. <laughs> yes. And the dryer's open so he can mm-hmm. play in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Actually, today I, uh, I'm a little bit slow right now because I had uh, injured myself last night going yes. too hard at an improv show. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We have a three-person improv troupe um, that we do stage shows as um, Honk If You're Henry, mm-hmm. Ryan, Alex, ah. and I. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I like that I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh so good. But I mean, Ryan and Alex just together, they have a power that cannot be stopped. And <laughs> Ryan, true to form, just went you know, just went for it. Yeah, I was on my knees and I just just did a straight fall. Oh, like flat, not straight on the face, but I mean, it was a very good thunk on the ground. Oh, it was no. carpeted. It was a carpeted. Little bit. A little, slightly carpeted. A little bit. Someone's going to bruise rib right now, but uh, oh. oh my god! We were we were supposed <laughs> to have so a dedicated rehearsal earlier today, and it was just not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Oh no. So. so yeah, as you were saying, I, I do go balls out. Wow. <laughs> Quite happily. Did you fall on your balls when that happened? I've been kicked in them a number of times during shows accidentally. Yes. So enough about your OnlyFans. <laughs> That's a callback to a conversation that happened earlier. The listeners will get it. Yes, <laughs> they remember that conversation. It's like they're there. The movie that we're doing this week. This is the other reason why I love you guys. When I messaged Amanda about this, you said, "Oh, I like some pretty obscure stuff," and then you were picking <laughs> stuff that I not only love but I own. Mm-hmm. And one of the things on the list that you were like, oh, this is kind of a weird one, but uh, Risk Cutter's a love story. And I was like, I love that movie. I yes. even have the graphic novel that it was based on. So since we've all seen that, mm-hmm. it was kind of a natural progression to go to the movie that we are talking about this week. And you have picked out Everything is Illuminated. Yes. Yay. Which there is the Gogol Burdello connection. Yes. 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 And then Ryan and Allison, this was your guys' first time seeing the movie. It yes, was. it was. Ryan, you went balls out again oh, and you always. read the book. <laughs> always. Yeah. I, we watched the movie after we had decided that it's what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Watched it. I uh, picked up the book, read it, devoured it in a matter of days, honestly. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, Thursday night before we recorded this, uh, we watched it again just to keep it fresh. Wow. So yeah, that's kind of just been my world for the past couple of weeks. Wow. <laughs> we watched it last night 
So mm-hmm. that's, that's the prep I did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fresher than I am. So, but I also did read how the book is different than the movie, drastically. It, yeah, yeah, it sounds yes. like I really need to read the book. If you I think like I'm the movie, to. I highly recommend yes. the book because there are some things in the movie that I think are probably better in the book. But we'll get to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what the grandpa feels guilty about, I think is handled much better in the what book. they do with that in the book. And yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. But it's, okay. It is significantly better in the book, I believe. Okay, you guys want to play rock, scissors, paper to figure out who's going to recap the movie? Do a one-minute recap? Sure. Okay. All right. So wait, how does this work with four people? I don't know. We're going to find out. I thought Let's this was a recording thing. We're going to make right. this shit up All as we right. go along. Let's Ready? couples, then the winner of each couple. Ah, I like yeah. that. Okay. All right. All, right. All right. So Amanda, one, two, three, go. Amanda okay. wins. Okay. And then one, two, three, shoot. Oh, all right. So, so it's down to Mike right. and Amanda. Between the two pros. <laughs> One, two, three. Shoot. Huh? Oh, right. I have to do a minute recap. <laughs> all right. He's devastated. Take it away, Mike. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Elijah Wood is a collector in the movie version. He's a writer in the book version. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother gives him a pendant. And he realizes that the pendant belongs to a girl in a photograph who saved his grandpa during uh, Escape to America uh, right before the Holocaust. And he goes to the Ukraine to search for the woman to give her back the pendant and say, hey, thank you for saving my family because I wouldn't fucking be here without that. And he meets up with Alex and his grandpa who have a company that specializes in uh taking jewish americans uh to find where their uh families emigrated from and along the way we learn a little bit about all of the characters and they grow and we find out that the real pendant was the friends we made along the way the end (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was exactly it i I think we can just stop the podcast all right that was it so thank you of only fans were not only fans of this movie, nice. but we're oh. also fans of Gogol Berdello. Yes. yes. This movie stars Eugene Hutz. Who, it does. I forgot how young he looks without a mustache. Yes. Oh, man. I, I know Gogol Bordello. I've been I've seen them in concert. I've listened to the music. I'm a fan. I knew he was in the movie as well. I did not recognize him until ten minutes in. I too didn't realize it was Eugene Hutz because he didn't have the mustache. It's the mustache, mm-hmm. exactly. And Mike turns to me and he goes, Man, Eugene Hutz looks so different without his mustache. I'm like, that's Eugene Hutz. That's yep, literally it sure is. Mm-hmm. That's literally what did it for me with Amanda. Amanda said he looks so different without his mustache and I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. He is so good in this. Yes. He's an amazing actor. I, I didn't realize. I didn't know that either. I was yeah. I was telling Ryan, I really wish that he would do more. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't. Same here. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's an easy role to play. Like, right. it's not like, oh, you know, this is going to be real simple and, you know, just, just do your thing. No, he has to go through so much. Just as much as I think um, Elijah Wood's character, uh, Jonathan Saffron Foer, for sure, has to go through. I was familiar with Jonathan Saffron Foer because I read Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not realizing that he had also written Everything Is Illuminated. So, which I also didn't realize until <laughs> we started this whole thing. So that film adaptation was okay. I didn't it know was there was pretty, a film. Huh. Yes, it has Tom Hanks in it. Oh, oh wow it's pretty close to the book but it's also it was a big budget movie so i see it, it kind of got watered down a lot 
the book is better in my opinion but that's usually the case yeah the alex character i remembered him only having comedic lifting to do but when he starts to wonder about what his grandpa was like during the war and everything like he carries some real emotional heft yeah Yeah. i think specifically like the scene when uh they find that house and it's just uh the two of them outside while the grandfather and the other character are talking inside Mm -hmm. yeah like when he's like do you think my grandfather yeah exactly and then he just can't like finish the sentence he can't finish the thought out loud right you do not know the differences with the grandfather character in the book no i don't okay so in the movie it's just that he lived in the village and left and then yeah kind of pretended to not be a jew yeah Yeah. kind of cast away his religion as a result of yeah the book however is he is he a nazi in the book not necessarily a nazi uh the way that the book handles that is that he is he's not from the village but he lives near it and Mm -hmm. is friends with various people in the village Mm -hmm. and uh what had happened in the book is that the nazis were rounding up people and at one point they were saying you know who is a jew point to a jew and the grandfather basically points to his friend because it was either going to be his friend or his family at that point. I and see. that's what he feels guilty about in the book as opposed to the movie. That makes a little bit more sense because in in the movie, I'm like, oh, OK, so he's just been pretending to not be a Jew because he survived um, execution by yeah. the Nazis. I mean, even even the second time watching it, I just... Like, it's a great movie. I love the movie, but I just feel like that scene doesn't necessarily carry the weight that it, it should. It didn't, right. yeah. I was like, I thought it was going to be that he was one of the Nazis. Yeah. It really did feel like that's what they were They were almost setting it up. up yeah. To. Yeah. I do have to wonder maybe if they did change it to be a little bit more palatable. I think the book kind of justifies the grandpa's suicide at the end a lot more. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. For sure. It felt really shocking in the movie where I was like, Oh, I I didn't think he was going to kill himself over that by just denying that he's Jewish his whole life. Another big difference is that in the book, it there's a significant chunk of time between the discovery and the uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. Like Jonathan's home by the time that he finds out, he finds out in a letter from Alex. Oh. Right, the, that's actually the ending of the book. Oh, that the grandfather has yeah. killed himself. Yeah. So the book is basically letters back and forth between Jonathan and Alex. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. They're basically corresponding to write what becomes the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Elijah Wood did a really good job of portraying just kind of a really like sort of odd, mild-mannered Jewish man from the United States. I he really did a liked, great job of that. Yeah. yeah. I like the way that they had glasses on him. <sighs> yes. That made his eyes look so big because yes. it made him look so childlike. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that touch. I don't know who made that decision, but I loved it. Right. I yeah. thought it was such a smart move to make him just look like so innocent, like <laughs> like a child. Well, I mean, I think it really is just kind of a continuous you know, call back to like the first scene that we've seen with him, you know, his grandfather had just passed, you mm-hmm. know, and he's just standing, a little boy, a yeah. little boy. And his eyes are just as big then as it is throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah that probably is why they made that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that throws me off though about that. And I, I brought this up both times that we watched the movie was they're the same glasses that he's wearing in Sin City, <laughs> which was filmed around the same time. Really? It's actually very disturbing how much he looks like the character in Sin City. Yeah. Like, 
Oh, and everything is illuminated? That's yes. so funny. I was actually joking with Ryan. I was like, they must have just filmed this, the two movies at the same time. He was just, <laughs> well, I mean, just they, going from set to set. I mean, both yeah. films came out in 2005, so it's entirely possible. I wouldn't yes. be surprised. I mean, that sort of thing. I'm sure happens plenty. Yeah. It's That's, just weird seeing it so obvious. Yeah. The <laughs> like, they didn't even try to make him look a little different. They're like, Mm-mm. this is fine. Yeah. This is totally fine. Yes, this movie it is subtitled, so like heads up because they're you know. Oh, right, yeah, but I liked that they did that because you can see where Elijah Wood's character is. Like, well, what's he saying? You know, exactly. It's mm-hmm. more yeah. obvious that he's not totally clued in to what's being said around him all the time. Right. I like that they did that instead of because I know a lot of movies anytime we'll just be like eh, I'm just doing in English like and just give them accents It'll yeah be fine. just yeah. give them an accent like no I'm glad that they subtitled it and had them speak in I guess I, is Ukrainian and Russian different I don't know I think uh, because when we were watching it we watch it with subtitles on anyway mm-hmm. um, I think it had it listed as Russian it did okay. Okay. that they were speaking and at okay. one point Elijah Wood does say you know oh you're saying Jid which is Russian for Jew oh yes yeah. that's right mm-hmm. yeah. which I was going to bring that up because that is also like a very important point I think you know that kind of goes back to what you were saying Allison you know it is better that they didn't just do an accent because that whole scene would have been just lost too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's super important to, yeah, you know, for the characterization, just for the grandfather and for Alex too. Mm-hmm. So Which, interestingly enough, that scene is not in the book. Really? Really. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. It's a good addition. I think. It is. I yes. thought that was a really nice touch to be like, look, I know you guys are talking about me. Yeah. Be honest with me about, I, I like, I like that. That was good. About you? My understanding is a lot of, the language the translation stuff in the book is played more as jokes for the most part yeah yeah i do a well we both do me mostly a lot of name (laughs) drops on the show so uh drop away here's my oh this is so when i was driving for lyft and uber in la i uh had a pickup at a residential area and it was really really nice house and uh it was a guy's name it was liev and uh Hmm. this little irish woman came out and explained situation was her employer forgot his family's passport at the airport and there was a private jet and she wanted to know if i would be willing to take the passports there and i was like i uh, give it a shot and uh the address was only coming up as uh lax i was like i don't know where this is and uh she's like well let me give you his phone number and uh he can guide you once you get closer to the airport so i'm like yeah okay let's do this in my mind i was like because this is leah schreiber <laughs> this is totally <laughs> leah schreiber you know i didn't want to open up the envelope and look at all the of passports course, but of course uh so i got close to the airport and called and recognized his voice right away it so was like it was Liev yeah i was nice. like i can't wait to to meet him uh, (laughs) so i go to where the private jets are and he meets me out at my car and uh so i give him his stuff and i go uh hey man i loved everything is illuminated and i really hope that you write and direct more and he's like oh thanks man and he gave me 20 bucks (laughs) (laughs) 
So Leo Schreiber. Good dude. Yeah. I kept this phone number in my car for the longest time. Too. <laughs> yes. Oh, great. Yeah, that's so cool. A lot of the changes he made to this play so much better visually. I, I'm just surprised that he hasn't written and like he's directed episodes of Ray Donovan, but I'm surprised sure. that he hasn't written more or at least adapted more screenplays. I'm kind of surprised too, honestly. Yeah. Because I don't know if he's bilingual, but it seems like this would have been pretty difficult to direct with Elijah Wood as the only American actor in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly Eugene Hutz is multilingual, but right. yeah, right. I don't think you want to depend on just one of your actors to translate for you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The guy who played the grandpa just died last year. Did he oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. God damn it, 2020. Right? Yeah, fuck that. You're so hard. <laughs> just like the last episode we recorded uh, that had Shaban Fallon Hogan from Men in Black. Mm-hmm. The grandfather is also in Men in Black. Who is he in Men in Black? Wait, he plays really? a cook. That's all he's listed as in the credits is cook. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. I was secretly hoping that we were going to talk about Men in Black tonight. So, oh, good. Dear Will Smith imitation, but don't make it sound racist. Oh, okay. Hey, it's me, Will Smith. Excellent. You nailed it. Thank you. You are such a good impression. <laughs> People are going to think we had him here. Probably. Yeah. yeah. You might want to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode that Will Smith is not actually yeah. okay. in this episode. Yeah. You should. Oh, here. I can record that right now. Okay. Hey, it's me, Will Smith. You might hear no, me. No, 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 no. You should say that it's you. Ryan, so that way people don't think it's... Oh, but if we have Will Smith doing the intro, too, that way it's like a double bluff. And now people are wondering, was he in it? Oh. Oh. Mm. I, got, I get where you go. Okay. All right. I'm driving, up that, I'm driving up those numbers. Okay. You people are going to be like, hey, Will Smith is on this episode? Sweet. Okay. Nice. So, hey. Especially in last episode, because I was plugging it like, oh, I'm really excited about our guests next week. That's true. So now they're going to totally... They're going to freak out. Take my yeah. name out completely. Just say featuring Amanda Walzine and Will Smith. <laughs> Or Amanda, can you do Jada Pinkett Smith? Oh, I was going to be DJ Jazzy Jeff. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, can we hear your DJ Jazzy Jeff yeah. impersonation? Yeah. Hey, I'm a DJ Jazzy Jeff. Listen to that. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's really good. It's it a lot is. better. Mine is just wackle, 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 wackle. That's a visual impression. You know, I, it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, sorry, not to get off on another tangent, but <laughs> did he ever do any music on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yes. He did? Yeah. Okay. DJ Jazzy Jeff or Will oh, there, Smith? There, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. There was he an was episode where a party it. was DJ'd. I think he was and, on one episode. Yeah. Okay. Like one. Hmm. Don't know if that gives him the right to call himself a DJ, but that's I just I mean, he's me. done a lot of music outside of I don't know. all of that. <laughs> he was actually a big musician prior to uh, Fresh Prince. I have outside I of that, no idea. No clue. Yeah. One of my besties, DJ Dangler, never saw him spin a record at all. The nope. worst disc jockey I've ever seen. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> DJ so the Jesse movie. Jeff, <laughs> the movie. So the movie. <laughs> the thing that immediately hooked me about this movie was the introduction of Alex. Mm-hmm. That whole yeah. scene where he's yeah. just going off about how yes. great he is. And the fact that that's so much longer in the book. Is it really? You get so much more of that. Oh, that's really cool. And he throws in things constantly throughout the entire book, too. He'd be like, our car only goes as fast as I can run, which is about 60 kilometers per hour. That's (laughs) hilarious. At one point when he's um, breakdancing in the club, I was like, do you think that's really him? And then we realized we couldn't see his face at all. I'm like, no, it's Uh, not him. But 
it would have been awesome if it was. I definitely had that thought too, though. Yeah. So you're not alone. Okay. The thought, thought didn't even occur to me that it wasn't him. So I just had that hope dashed. <laughs> That's cool. I'm sorry. We watched I Love Trouble not all that long ago. Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte hated each other during the filming of this movie. So there's a oh. bunch of scenes where you can't see the other actor's face and it's because their body double is filming because they at one point <laughs> refused to film scenes with each other even though they oh my had God. to. Wow. <laughs> I got a call one time to be Michael Chiklis's body double for a movie that was Ooh. filming in Detroit because I am his exact you know, exactly. height and weight and everything and apparently would look enough like him from behind and I ended up not taking it because i was like i don't want to pretend to be michael jackson (laughs) (laughs) wait did they need to see your butt no (laughs) i mean i don't know maybe but i don't even know what the movie you could have had such a famous butt and not just in this house could have had your ass on the silver screen (gasps) i don't know that i would want to but your butt's so cute Completely independent of this movie that has a dog named Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. Yes. Allison has wanted a dog and name it uh, Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Ah. Huh. And now I'm wondering if I could sell you on the idea of naming it Burt Reynolds Jr. Jr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm here for it. So. I've wanted a, a smaller dog to name Bruno Kirby. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really like German Shepherds. Yeah. Um, maybe not purebred because they're they're really smart and I need one to be slightly dumber. Um, <laughs> but my grandma had like a German Shepherd Golden Retriever mix and it was oh, the okay. sweetest dog in the world, huh. but also like very protective. Sure. And I think that that would be a per- like, I just feel like a dog like that looks kind of like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I didn't know that part. (laughs) (laughs) No, you did. I told you. I was like, you remember that the Playgirl spread where he's like, he's just so hairy. I was like, he looks like a German shepherd in that. And you were like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, if we ever got a German shepherd, I would want to name him Burt Reynolds just because of that. And then he um, moved out for a little while. (laughs) <laughs> okay, first of all, Burt Reynolds was naked in Cosmopolitan and not oh, Playgirl. Well, whatever, I don't know. Playgirl had Sylvester Stallone, Stephen Piercy from Rat, Ooh. and... Question, why do you know this? <laughs> when I was a child, my mom had a subscription to Playgirl. No, she did yes, not. Yes, she did. Really? Huh. Yes, she did. And for some reason, anytime there was a celebrity in there that she thought I liked, she would <gasps> pull no. out the play. What? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. You need so much more therapy than I you're know. getting. <laughs> oh. I took my mom to see the birdcage when I was in oh my twenties or whatever, and during the movie, she leaned over to me and said, "I just want you to know if if you were gay, I'd be okay with it." And I was like, yeah, "Okay, that's cool." And then I don't remember the rest of the movie because for the whole time I was like, oh, my God, my mom thinks I'm gay. I'm going to have to start bringing girls home. Now, I knew that story, but I didn't know the Blay Girl thing. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, I still yeah. just. Oh, man. Wow. You should go weekly. Like, <laughs> I just moved my therapy to monthly. You should really change that. You have a lot to unpack. Anyway, so speaking of Sammy Davis Jr. Jr., um, <laughs> what I think is really funny is after we watch that, because we try to watch a movie every every week, so mm-hmm. we watch that, and I was like, 
I think another really good Jewish movie that you need to see is The Hebrew Hammer. And so we watched that, and there was a character in there named Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. Is there really? Yeah. Wow. I saw The Hebrew Hammer, and I don't remember that. It's such a short scene. It's at the, uh, like, the secret agent Mm -hmm. place. I'm doing so good describing this. Right. uh, He goes to. And they're just, like, introducing people, like, oh, this is Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. I was like, that's got to be a reference. I hope so. I wonder if it is. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of redeems that movie a little bit. I unashamedly love that movie. Do, well, I mean, I love Pootie Tank, so. <laughs> so come on. Yeah. You don't have a high horse here. You know, no. We all have I mean, movies. they're not completely okay. unrelated movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're really. One of the things that I really liked is as they go kind of from like the city out into the countryside of Ukraine mm-hmm. to find um, this town that no one's ever heard of because everyone from it is dead and it doesn't really exist anymore it goes from you know looking pretty modern like a regular city to becoming so idyllic and beautiful like even the woman's house oh that yeah they go to it's oh. literally she doesn't have a lawn she has a field of fully bloomed beautiful sunflowers yeah it's it an feels, amazing shot yeah, yeah. it feels yeah. like a dream like it doesn't i wonder if that existed or if that was made for the movie I'm not sure. I don't That's know. That's a good question. Yeah. The movie cost gorgeous. $7 million to make, and worldwide, it only made $3. Are you oh, serious? That's right. that maybe why Liam Schreiber has not written or directed <sighs> another movie. That's but. unfortunate because it's so good. It's yeah. an amazing it movie. It should have, it deserved better. Yeah. It did. I wonder if it just wasn't promoted very well because I may have found it after becoming a Gogol Bordello fan mm-hmm. because I. I never heard of this, and this is exactly the type of movie that's in my wheelhouse for something that I love. I was going to say the same exact thing, yeah. That was honestly what you just described was how I, you know, found the movie was because I watched Wrist Cutters, which then led, led me to Google Bordello, and then I was like looking up Eugene and like all this stuff. I was like, holy shit, he was in a movie? And then, yeah. you know, so yeah. yeah. And about a third of the band is in the movie, too. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, <Polka laughs> Which band was delightful. That, yeah. That, that was such a great scene. Yeah. Jonathan I was like, who's the, the band? Yeah. He's like, it's Google Bordello. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. We actually, uh, second time watching it, we discovered there's two instances of their music in the movie. Of course, there's the instrumental of Start Wearing Purple when they meet the kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they play a traditional song, too, is credited to them. In the end credits. And there's also, um, when Alex is introducing himself, sitting around the table with his family, uh, Gogo Bordello is playing on the radio. It's oh, really it quiet. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, wow. It was, it's super um, faint, but uh, God, what when, song was it? When Universes Collide is yeah. what is playing yeah. on the background. Yep. When oh, Alex, wow. Alex and his family are sitting around the table talking about, you know, the job taking Jonathan you know, to find uh, Traction Broad. It, you can wow. hear it very faintly in it's the background. It's so quiet, but yeah. But it is so oh, cool. it's so it's cool. Delightful. Yeah, It's not even in the credits no, is one of the it's songs. Such, that's it's so such neat. a hidden Easter egg, yeah. Oh, that's fun. I like that. I, I know that Elijah egg. Wood has really good taste in music because there's a... Uh, a Russian rave band called Little Big that I love. And Elijah Wood is a big fan of them. I like to believe that Elijah Wood is probably also a huge Gogol Brudello fan. He's got to be. And I hope so. And Leah Schreiber has to be too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. I don't think Eugene Hutz would have been on his radar if he wasn't. A, no a way. Because, I mean, Bordello he didn't fan. really have like an acting, like no. at least not like a credited acting background. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Another cool uh, kind of Easter egg in that movie that I found was uh, Jonathan Safran Foyer himself is in the movie. Yes. 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 At the very He's beginning. Yeah. 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 I didn't oh. catch it the first time. But then, like after reading the book, seeing a picture of 
of and, him. Like at yeah. the back of the book. And oh. then I wanted to see how close uh, Elijah Wood looked to him in real life. And then I was like, oh, he's in the movie. And then it, I was like, oh, all right, there he is. Yeah. There he mm-hmm. is. I'm so glad that you suggested this. Amanda, yes. So we had a chance to rewatch it. So I had a chance to rewatch it and introduce Allison to it. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad that I had a chance to watch it. It's. It's so good. Probably one of my top ten now, honestly. It's wow. it's definitely it's, one of those movies I think that everyone should watch. It's mm-hmm. so impactful in so many different ways. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's yeah, it's incredibly moving. I I like how at the end when she's giving Jonathan the rings. Yeah, she's mm. like, what what did she say? Was she like, you're not here because of the ring. The ring is here because of you. Or, or no, it was the ring doesn't the exist other, for you. You exist, exist for, for the it. ring. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was like, I just cried a little bit during those. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is a really beautiful movie. It's nice to see that there are still these tangible things that connect us to our past. For sure. Because a lot is lost over the years for anyone. So it's nice to have these small bits to hold on to so that no one's ever really gone. No one's ever really lost. It's mm-hmm. especially, I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I know plenty of jewish people and how deeply they are still affected by the holocaust and it means a lot i think to represent that community and also say like look these bad things did happen to your people but not everyone is forgotten and even though they're just these little small objects they're not invaluable yeah Yeah, that's actually a great takeaway Mm -hmm. yeah and if you go to Ancestry.com right now and use coupon code <laughs> GREM. <laughs> nothing will happen. Like, absolutely Not nothing will happen. <laughs> but if Alex Piccolo listens to this episode, he'll get a little chuckle. There we go. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yep. <laughs> what I will say is I am from a Jewish family and culturally a Jewish individual. Mm-hmm. And after we watched the movie for the first time, I basically told Amanda, like, this sums up the Jewish experience. It does. To take, like, such an incredibly heavy topic and throw, like, that comedic twist on there without yes. going over the top with it. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Like, still acknowledging know. and definitely respecting everything, but also... Just throwing in these jokes these little constantly things, yeah. throughout the movie. I think actually a really good example of that would be when um, Jonathan and Alex are standing on the porch at Lista's, um, you know, house, and mm-hmm. they're having that conversation. Do you think my grandfather, you know, and just all of that? <laughs> Jonathan turns to Alex and goes, "Your shirt's inside out." And they have that little moment. What do you, you mean? Know, uh, what yeah. do you mean inside yeah. out? <laughs> Yeah, no. She's like, it's nothing. It's just your shirt's on the inside. Yeah. (laughs) But the way that pays off at the end. Oh, yeah. It's it's such a well-written tale. One thing that I liked about the book that I'm sad didn't make it into the movie, when they're talking about uh, the origin of how Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. got their name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's the whole like, oh, Sammy Davis Jr. He's like uh, one of the most famous black Jews in America. (laughs) And Alex tells his grandfather that. In the book, his grandfather turns to the dog and goes, Dean Martin Jr., get over here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's funny. (laughs) If we're making it sound too heavy and people are maybe like, I don't want to watch a movie that heavy. It kind of reminds me a bit of, I don't think this is hyperbole to say important, but it's like a more important version of Big Fish. Particularly, it sounds like the book, because the book has the magical realism of the small town. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which, yeah, the book, the movie, unfortunately, 
barely touches on it, but right. the book does give you the entire yeah. backstory of uh, the village yeah. that they're looking for and all of that. I know I am going to get the book and I can't wait to read it. And uh, I definitely urge everyone to watch this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's an hour and 45 minutes. So it's not like it's a three hour movie yeah. where you're like, oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> but it's, and honestly, it flies by. It does. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, like we've said, it's, can be interpreted as a heavy topic, but it is actually really entertaining. It very is. funny. Eugene Hutz is hilarious. The actor who played the grandfather is oh, he's great, amazing. Oh, yeah, he reminded me movie. of the grandpa in Lost Boys. I haven't seen that. So. <laughs> I haven't seen that one either. You no. haven't seen Lost Boys? No. You've never seen Lost Boys. We've had this discussion before. Amanda, you've never seen Lost Boys? I've never seen Lost Boys. No, I've never seen Lost Would Boys. Would you guys like to come back <laughs> for a much less important movie? <laughs> <laughs> Please come back at some point in time oh, and watch yeah. Lost Boys. Yay. We would absolutely love to. For sure, yeah. Okay. And in the meantime, listen to Dead Waves. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. such a fun show. <laughs> Super fun. Find the musical episode of the Truthcast with both of you on it. Pure and, uh, chaos and every second is golden. Yeah. Yes. It really is. You had a lot of fun putting the music together for that. I, I remember. did. I had way too much He was fun. like, listen to this one. Listen to this one. <laughs> I'm like, it's really good. He's like, I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Does it doesn't sound good. I'm like, it does. Thank you guys for joining us. Yes. Thank, thank you for having so us. You're so welcome. Yes. Yeah. This is such a wonderful movie and yes. I'm glad that. We got to share it with wonderful friends. Yeah. This yeah. was really nice. Thank yeah. you guys for coming. Thank Thanks again you. for having us. It was uh yeah, it was really cool. It really was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening Thank to you, you made me watch. Bye. <laughs>